Hello, and welcome to this podcast episode about the transition to life after high school for students with disabilities. My name is Nicole Fuller, and I'm a Senior Policy Associate at the National Center for Learning Disabilities, or NCLD for short. NCLD was founded in 1977, and we represent the one in five children and adults with learning and attention issues nationwide. NCLD is also a proud partner of the Educating All Learners Alliance. The Educating All Learners Alliance, or ELA for short, is an uncommon coalition of organizations committed to resource sharing and community building. ELA supports the efforts of the education community to meet the needs of students' disabilities. I encourage you to check out ELA's resource library at educatingalllearners.org and to listen to other ELA podcast episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I would love to start us out by emphasizing that our nation's main special education law, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, clearly states a focus on preparing students for life after high school, including post-secondary education, employment, and independent living. The law also uses the term transition to describe these shifts. Earlier this year, I spoke to young adults, parents, teachers, and college staff, and they highlighted some successes, but also some challenges that occur during the transition process. And even though transition services are written into our education and workforce laws like IDEA, our systems fail to make the transition from high school to college or employment as seamless as it should be. In response to the information gap that young adults and families identified in our conversations, NCLD and the ELA developed a brand new resource called Planning Your Future, A Guide to Transition. This resource is an online interactive learning tool for young adults and their families. It provides information and shares personal stories about high school, college, and employment and the transitions between these. In the resource, young adults can also download checklists and worksheets to help with navigating the information that's already out there and may be helpful when planning for the future. To accompany the online resource, we also have a facilitation guide for any high school teachers, counselors, or parents who are looking for ways to support students during the transition period. However, I'm not flying solo during this podcast today. I'm thrilled to be joined here today by two young adults, Aaron and Joe. They will share more about their own transition experiences, what was helpful and what was not, and what it was like navigating through this new transition resource. Aaron, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Aaron. I have nonverbal learning disability and dyscalculia, and I am a second year special education teacher at a Title I elementary school. Even though my disability makes teaching hard, I still strive to create positive school experiences for the one in five at my school. I'm also interested in disability services and higher education, and I might pursue it more in the future. Thanks so much for joining me, Erin. Um, I'm really happy to, that you're here and that you are a teacher um, in today's classrooms. And from there, I'll kick it over to Joe to introduce himself. Hi, hello, everyone. Happy to be here with Nicole and Erin. My name is Joe. I am from Boston, Massachusetts. I am a recent graduate of the Young Adult Leadership Council, part of the NCLD program. Um, I'm currently a program manager for a local nonprofit that focuses on STEM programs for underrepresented high school students in the community. I'm very eager and pleased to be have this opportunity as a person of color from an underrepresented area. It is very crucial for me to align myself and continue doing the work 
Um, I do have a learning specific learning disability, um, and that is why I'm so passionate about this organization and hope to continue growing and supporting others similar to my experience. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Joe. Um, again, really grateful um, that Joe and Aaron are with us today. Um, and my first question for you, we often think about transition as a continuum starting in early high school, maybe even middle school, and then extending through college and or entering the workforce. And we know that these transition points can happen in a variety of orders. Um, when you were a younger student, say age 14 through age 18, um, those high school years, what information was shared with you about transition? The only information shared with me about transition was the transition plan for my IEP at my IEP meeting in ninth grade. I was told that since I turned 14, I had to have a transition plan in my IEP to prepare for life after high school. I was told that the plan would be based on what I wanted to do after high school so that I could like learn specific skills and be in the right classes for whatever I wanted to do, which didn't really happen that way, but it's how it was set up. Thanks, Aaron. Um, and Joe, do you have anything um, you would like to share about, you know, thinking back to those high school years and and what did they, um, maybe your teachers or parents or anyone share with you about transition? Back from that, when I was in high school, I can recall the difficulties um, understanding being in a transition age um, and thinking for the future, thinking of college, thinking about career work. Um, that was a little bit difficult for me. Um, it was a little bit of a challenge. And I know I had uh, numerous of meetings um, with my teachers. Um, but luckily, um, after sitting down, after a few meetings, I had somewhat of an explanation and understanding um, what's going to happen after I graduate high school and what are some steps that I have to do before I achieve that goal. Thank you both. Um, and let's talk a little bit more about where you were getting that information about the transition to life after high school. Um, you know, what were the sources of information? Um, you know, who was helpful and who wasn't? And uh, what information um, that was shared with you was helpful? And what maybe could have been improved um, as you reflect back? All the information I got on transition came from school, like specifically from my liaison or case manager and a little bit from my special education teacher. Um, the fact that the transition plan was based on what I wanted to do was helpful, but the rest of it was just a confusing blur to me. It would have been better to have resources designed for students since when I wanted to learn more to clear up the confusion, I only found like the legal stuff or things meant for parents and teachers. I felt like if I found a resource designed for students, it may have made the transition process slightly less scary and possibly more practical for me. Picking back what Erin has mentioned, I have a similar experience as well. Um, the logistics was quite scary for me, um, especially the understanding of the lingo between um, like your rights, um, understanding your parents' rights as well, and just I felt I was stuck in the middle. I wasn't able to comprehend 100% where I was going to do um, for my future, I had no idea. Um, so 
my guidance counselor was able to help me narrow it down. Um, she was able to figure out a educational program for me um, through the state of Massachusetts, uh, which is called Massachusetts Rehabilitation Commission. Um, so they were able to help me um, get a referral to that agency to better find out where I was best fit uh, for my near future. Thank you both for sharing that. Um, you know, what you both shared is I've, I've talked to a number of young adults, um, you know, recent graduates and students who, um, you know, who were students long ago. And I think this is a common theme. And I think this is why um, we at NCLD set out to do this project is because we really wanted to put um, resources and information, um, especially about, you know, what are my rights under IDEA or under workforce laws into the hands of students and families and make them feel like they had the information they needed. Um, so just talk specifically about that since uh, both of you have seen this resource, um, which is published on NCLD's website. How do you think that this resource will be helpful um, to any students or anyone else um, navigate the transition process? I think the fact that this resource is designed for students is a major help. I also think that the practicality of the information across the spectrum of post-secondary options is also helpful because not everybody wants to go to college nor is everybody in the same spot in their journey, which is my favorite part because whether you're in high school or you're about to enter the workforce, you can find information in there that's where you're at currently. And yeah, it's just helpful no matter where you are and whether you're starting college or trying to launch a career. I think, Darren, and thanks for reiterating that everyone's journey looked different. I, I think that's something that um, I hope came across in this resource. And Joe, do you have anything that you wanted to add? Yes, thank you. I think it's a very crucial um, to have, and it's very important. I'm just thinking back right now, being a high schooler and feeling the anxiety, anxiousness of not knowing what I what I was gonna do and having to feel like you have to be prepared. Um, and sometimes it's okay to not be 100% sure if you're gonna to go to college right away or if you're gonna enter a work training program. Um, so it's, very, it's okay to take your time. I also recommend this, um, NCLDL program because it's very crucial and helpful for you to find out where exactly um, do you see yourself, where you might fit yourself. Um, and always find that one person in school, it might be a teacher, a guidance counselor, um, who might be able to connect you to a little bit more of additional resources. Don't feel rushed, I would say. Thank you. Yeah, that's so critical. Um, you know, I was a teacher earlier in my career, and I feel like those relationships are so important. And um, especially in the high school years as you're thinking about um, college or career. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about college. Erin, um, I'm gonna ask you, you were a recent college graduate, um, you know, kudos to you for navigating some of the tricky um, elements of college during the pandemic. Um, you know, I definitely do not envy um, some of the students who have had to navigate all of the, the crazy pandemic times, um, but, Moreover, what made you decide to attend um, and how did you select your college? Um, and then when you were looking at different post-secondary education options, what did you consider um, during that process? I 
decided to give college a try after experiencing some real academic success with encouraging teachers and a special paraprofessional I worked with. At first, I worked my butt off to attend Landmark College, which is a college exclusively for students with learning disabilities. But when it was time for me to pursue my bachelor's, I considered my cost and location preferences, obviously, and most importantly, the quality of this of the disability services and availability of general student support services like tutoring and stuff like that. I wanted to go to a school where disability services would be accessible and have your back, as well as tutoring or access to other support programs, like a federal TRIO program. The TRIO program was a godsend when I transferred to a more mainstream college for my bachelor's. If I didn't have that support, I likely wouldn't have finished. Thanks for touching on those. Um, so you talked about, you know, the transition um, from your first college to your second one. Um, what were the most challenging aspects of that transition, specifically to college life? And what do you wish you would have known? Most challenging aspects of transitioning to college is the level of responsibility and self-advocacy you have to take on. I mean, requesting, arranging, and maintaining accommodations can be a lot, and you don't always realize how much it is until you have to do it all. Plus, having to explain your disability as part of your self-advocacy in a way that supports your requests and that others can understand can also be difficult and is a very fine balance. Um, I wish I knew that disability documentation varies greatly depending on the school and how specific the process of requesting accommodations was. I also wish I knew how hard you have to fight to get basic accommodations and respect at times. And when that happens, like what to say and do to get through those rather discouraging times. If I had known these things, I think some of my transitions would have been slightly less daunting and discouraging. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you know, to me, that's so worrisome. I, I really feel like, um, you know, we have a job to do because, um, you know, it really should not be like that. And I know that uh, NCLD and all of our Young Adult Leadership Council members have played a huge role um, in their advocacy for uh, new laws and ways that we can make that transition process um, better. So since you talked uh, about the role of your college's disability services office and that process of getting accommodations, can you share anything um, that goes back to our newest resource about accommodations in college that was included that you think may be helpful for students out there who are finding the, the process really unnecessarily complicated? Yeah, um, I liked how the resource outlined the laws and the differences between them, how college disability services work and what your responsibilities are as a student. I also liked how the resource is honest about the documentation struggle, which is hard to hear, but it is helpful so students can potentially avoid it, assuming that they have time to be proactive. I went through it when I transferred schools and when requesting accommodations for my state licensure exams. Um, they said that I didn't have the right type of testing, but I was lucky that I was able to negotiate temporary accommodation approval and utilize other solutions. But many students out there aren't so lucky. 
So this part will definitely be the most helpful along with the emphasis that requesting accommodations and using them is 100% in the student's control. And because of that, there won't be like a sped othering like there is in K-12 education since in college, everyone is held to the same standards. That's really helpful advice. Um, and, you know, until we're able to, you know, fix new systems and pass new laws, we're hoping that just getting information out there that, you know, says, hey, this can be confusing. These are some things you can do. Um, and the way that you highlighted your own experiences um, will help, you know, students who are doing this for the first time, hopefully not feel so alone. So we know that many disabilities, including learning disabilities are lifelong. Um, they don't go away. You know, we put a lot of focus on them you know, thinking about them in, in K-12 settings, even higher education. But I don't personally feel like we spend as much time as we should thinking about learning disabilities and how they impact people while they're in the workforce or seeking employment. Um, so Joe, I would love to ask you, what do you wish you knew um, when you were transitioning to the workforce? Thank you, Nicole. Something that I wish that I know before I entered the workforce was understanding the process of applying to a job um, that entails um, a resume, interviewing, um, and comprehending uh, working with adults. Um, as a young adult, uh, being 18, entering the, the workforce, I recall um, quite a lot of anxiety. Um, it was my first time, uh, you know, now being in a school environment, not having my teachers tell me what to do or just reminding me of my daily assignments or just, you know, the normal stuff that happens at school. So that was something that was very crucial for me uh, when I entered the workforce. Um, so that's something that I wish I really know um, how to be better prepared. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you know, I, I think first jobs can be challenging. And I do think that, um, you know, the more you know about, about that can be better. Um, so earlier, you talked a little bit about your experiences, um, you know, with vocational rehabilitation in your state of Massachusetts. Would you like to touch a little bit more on that and maybe other tools like that or other tools that are available um, to people to access programs and help them obtain um, careers that they find fulfilling? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the Master Rehabilitation Commission uh, was a referral, a 688, um, that happened when I was in high school. That normally happens when you're in a transition age um, in this school, since our referral to your local vocational office, uh, rehabilitation office, excuse me, um, to help you achieve um, other paths. Um, so I was granted that opportunity um, to start there, um, I was, the referral was sent, then I was assigned to um, a vocational counselor who I met and had um, meetings with and scheduled additional testing to find out where I fit uh, best um, and found um, that I was best fit uh, for an early um, entry-level administration uh, job. So that was helpful to have and get the skills that I needed. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I think um, we did a survey earlier this year as well, and we found that a lot of you know students, high school students, and their families had never heard of vocational rehabilitation or pre-employment transition services, which are 
a service offered by most vocational rehabilitation agencies. So I really appreciate you, you sharing your experience. Um, do you have any other parting words before we, you know, we wrap it up and we talk a little bit more about where to find this resource? Yes, I really recommend uh, the NCLD um, RISE website. Um, I think it's very crucial. Um, there's so many resources and there's a, a nice explanation of all the details that you need. Um, I wish I had access to that when I was in high school. I think that would really would have helped me so much and get a better understanding. Um, so I really, really encourage um, all of our listeners to please do take advantage of this opportunity because um, it would really help you a lot. I second that fully. And also it's been such a wonderful experience to be on this podcast and to be a part of NCLD's Young Adult Leadership Council to develop these resources and projects. Erin and Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so wonderful to hear more about your own experiences and I really appreciate how candid you were. For those listening who want to learn more, please check out the research we refer to throughout this podcast at ncld.org or educatingalllearners.org. Thanks for tuning in.